Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who is still riding a major high from last weekend. Beating Jennifer Hale, dream come true. And I'm Vervada, the girl who is living vicariously through my other half right now. I cannot wait to go with you next year, though. Oh, yeah. It'll be so much fun. And if you're new here... Welcome to the beautiful chaos, but you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters using specific in-game dialogue. So if you want to stay spoiler free, then this isn't the podcast for you. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks for the spoiler alert, N7. And just like with all of our previous episodes, we'll assume that you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question, but we'll be providing context for any of those of you who may be unfamiliar. In today's episode, we're going to give our girl the homeworld she deserves. No siding with the Geth today. We're romancing Admiral Talizora Vas Normandy. Well, she's an admiral if she wasn't exiled in the last game. But we like the best endings in this show, the happy endings especially, so we are going to assume that if you love Tally, you don't let her get exiled. It's good to be back on the Normandy. Let me know if it's too quiet for you to sleep, then I'll find you someplace louder. Hmm. Uh, I was there when you two had your thing, remember? Just get a room and work it out. (laughs) I love that line so much. Oh, had to sneak them in. Yeah, we had to sneak them in. And like, normally, I don't suggest a whole lot of clips to you. But top of the list, opening line of the script, I need this line in this script, hands down. (laughs) It's so cute. At the start of Mass Effect 3, Tally has returned to the Quarian fleet and has become an admiral herself due to her expertise with the Geth. Unless, of course, Tally was previously exiled from the fleet, and then she will end up lending her Aiden's secret. 
When the war between the Geth and the Corian hits an all-time high, Tally reunites with Shepard in the Normandy's conference room. Tally, of course, doesn't want to speak openly in front of the others, and you can reaffirm your attachment to her if you've romanced her previously when you follow her up to your cabin. That's why I accepted the position, and because of you. Me? When they offered me this position, I asked myself what you'd do. I thought you'd take the chance to make things better. You've given up so much, stood for too long without allies. I didn't want you to do this alone. So, if you're ever lonely, just let me know. Tally, nothing between us has changed. Unless you wanted to. Kila Shepard, I'm not going to beg, but I didn't come up here just to see the fish. No, you came up here because I asked you to. I want you here. With me. Okay. Oh, the way that she says, okay, is just perfect to me. It is so adorable. And I don't know how to word this exactly, but it's like a full acceptance, but in like a good way. I don't know what word to put to that emotion, but I feel it when she said it. I love that she says she didn't come up to see the fish. I thought that was really funny. Tally's natural state is still to defer to the fleet and the benefit of others over herself. So to me, her timidness in this scene is very understandable. She wants to be with Shepard still, but she doesn't want to presume that they can have a relationship with everything else that's going on. She still struggles with a lack of self-confidence, like we talked about in her episode for Mass Effect 2. By the end of this game, we'll have a tally who isn't afraid to voice her desires for herself. I know there's a ton of different ways that tally can end up, but as usual for our episodes, in order to fully analyze the characters, we follow the story with the most character development, and that usually requires them to remain alive and well. In this first moment alone with Tally in the captain's quarters, Tally takes the opportunity to become vulnerable and admit that she was terrified of the pressure of 17 million lives depending on her choices and actions. It all comes back to that ruthless calculus. Tally's father said that commanders mourn losses and not individual people because putting people at a distance was essential to making the big decisions. Tally can't do that. And you know what? Good for Tally. Sometimes you have to make the hard decisions, but when you start forgetting the faces of the people who rely on you, it opens up the door to making decisions that aren't for the greater good. See the recent Mass Effect Lorecast episodes on Morden for more on the tough, greater good decision. Hmm. Yeah. Talk about the toughest one in the game, I think. Right? <laughs> that whole thing. I could cry just thinking about it. But I think there needs to be a balance. And if every other admiral on the board is only thinking in numbers then I'm glad Tally's there making everyone consider the true cost of their decisions to ensure that nothing is decided frivolously or too quickly. She is also essential because of her Geth expertise, as we mentioned, 
It was the reason she became an admiral in the first place. And she is a key figure in the mission to deactivate the Reaper signal controlling the Geth. There isn't too much Tally-specific content to talk about for the third game, which in reality is no different from any of the other romance companions. The main focus of this whole game is defeating the Reapers, so our lovers are mainly supporting us from the sidelines. We don't get a personal mission for each companion either, like we did in the second game, but we do for Tally. Tally's inextricably involved in Priority Rannoch. This mission brings the crew of the Normandy to the surface of Rannoch, the Quarian homeworld. This is a huge moment for Tally. She's only seen Rannoch in her mind's eye, through old stories and cultural memories. It is surreal to be standing on the surface. This is the moment her people have been fighting for, living for, and dying for. For 300 years, the Quarians have sequestered on their crumbling ships, surviving purely off their ingenuity and their collectivist society. The way forward, the way home, has always been by doing what is best for everyone and putting your own hopes and dreams to the side. In fact, most Quarians don't seem to have their own hopes and dreams, but rather a shared one the one where they get to live without their suits and on the surface of Rannoch again. It just so happens that the fight against the Reapers allows the perfect opportunity to retake their homeworld once again. I can't believe it. I don't think it's really sunk in yet. The homeworld. My world. Look at the sky. And the rock formations? They used to write poems about them. When we're done, maybe you'll write a new one. This is Ranok, the world of our ancestors. Our bodies carried the seeds that spread the desert grass. You've heard me say, Kilasalai. The best translation I can come up with is, by the homeworld I hope to see someday. Looks like you're seeing it today. The living room window will be right here. Something I should know? I just claimed the land. I know it doesn't mean much, but when this is over, I'll have a home. I really like that, once again, we've got Vigil playing in the background in this clip. It's like the quintessential, this is an emotional scene tell for the game. Even this moment right here is more than Tally ever hoped for. I think a lot of Americans can relate to the way a Korean longs for home. Whether we descend from enslaved people who were kidnapped from their homeland, people who were forced from their native lands to make room for newcomers, or people who left their homeland in search of better opportunity, only to assimilate their children and blend into the generic melting pot, many of us have a longing for a home we haven't seen and a desire to learn more about it. Some of us get closer to our ancient homes by eating the cultural food, wearing cultural clothing, or learning the language. But the Quarians take this to a whole other level. They tell poems so specific, so eloquent, they can see the rock formations vividly enough in their minds to recognize them immediately when they land on Rannoch, for the first time in 300 years. 
Do any of us know stories to that detail that describe something from 300 years ago? In 1723, my ancestors were all in Scotland, Ireland, Sweden, and Poland doing who knows what. It's really remarkable. Mine were in England, Wales, Spain, and El Salvador. But I had no clue what they were doing that long ago. So the mission is to fight your way through the Reaper base. And the fighting consists of a ton of Reaper-controlled geth. But eventually, a Reaper will fight you one-on-one. And obviously, this is a fight that isn't a sure thing. Even for Commander Shepard, Tally is so afraid to lose the man she loves, just as she's got him and her homeworld. So it makes her finally admit to something that we already know. This ends now. Edie, patch the quarians to the Normandy's weapon system. I want the targeting laser synced up to the whole damn fleet. Understood. If this doesn't, if we don't make it... You worry too much. I love you. Keep us alive. Aww. I had never heard that dialogue before researching... I always get the good luck acknowledged line from Legion, which is also really sweet. But it is exceptionally poignant that Shepard replies to Tally with Kelisalai. Because to Aquarian, that is the equivalent of all the love they have as a people. The thing about language is that it is a window into the way a culture frames reality. Quarians whose culture is devoted to their homeworld. And Shepard knows this, and how important it is to Tally. So, while this reply could come off as a classic Han Solo, I know, it really is just another way to say I love you to Tally. And I hear it in his voice. It's heartwarming. Yeah, I think it's great. And, of course, it's just the right thing to say to her. As a former linguist, this sort of thing is right up my alley. I absolutely love seeing the ways people word things. They tell us a lot about how we see the world. If you don't know, listeners, I used to be a Korean linguist, so I have spent a lot of time thinking and speaking in a language very different from my own. There's a lot of examples, but one example that I thought just off the top of my head in Korean is the word for America, which in Korean is miguk. And it literally translates to beautiful country. It's just a small thing. But the way we label and how we speak is so important. And I think it is beautiful that Shepard opens himself to Tally's culture and values, what she values, or at least considers her and her values. It's just how you should behave when you truly love someone, especially someone of a different culture than you. And then, of course... The way that this mission ends varies greatly. There is one awful ending that we just do not abide here. So once again, I am reiterating that on this show, we follow the characters for their longest and most fulfilling journey for the sake of the character development and analysis. I made this mistake on my first playthrough, and I literally cried I, like, 
tears pouring down my face. I cried out. Jason thought like somebody died. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Tally died. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Okay, so for our show, this means that the Geth and the Corians put aside their differences and join forces to both battle the true enemy, the Reapers, and to help settle the homeworld. Unfortunately, Legion has to sacrifice himself for the cause, which is almost as tragic as the scene that plays if you should choose to side with the Geth over the Corian. But Legion's death is not in vain, but rather was a gift to allow future peace. And just like that, something that was deemed quite impossible has been made reality. And Shepard will immediately check in with Tally after all that goes down. You okay? I know working with the Geth will be difficult. I'm not staying. I'm coming with you. I thought your people needed you. So? So, that's usually kind of a big deal for you. I gave up my father for my people. I gave up my freedom for an admiral position I didn't want. I'm not giving up you. Tally. I don't know how much time we have left. I don't know if we can beat the Reapers. But whatever happens, I want to be with you. I bet you say that to every guy who gets you a homeworld. Only the cute ones. You know I'd understand if you needed to stay. I know, but I look at all this, this picture of hope and peace, and all I see is everyone I've lost. My team on Haystrom, my father, even Legion. I'm mourning a geth. How crazy is that? It's not crazy at all. It is beautiful, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It'll be years before we can live without our suits completely. But right now... Right now, I have this. <laughs> so good. This has to be one of the best scenes in the whole game. When Tally is looking out over her reclaimed homeworld, saying, it's beautiful though, isn't it? Shepard is looking directly at Tally when he replies, yeah, it is. It's just the best. It really is. Tally is really capitalizing on this moment, as she should. She even removes her mask to really breathe in the air. You might have noticed how her voice didn't sound so distorted when she said, right now I have this. But there is something else that is telling about Tally in this scene. She's done putting her people first. This isn't a moment of selfishness. The Corians are finally safe from the Geth, and now the Geth are even helping them settle on Rannoch and fighting the Reapers. If there ever was a moment to leave her people behind in favor of what she wants to do, it's this one. But she's also learned what her true priorities are. She's found balance, no longer writing a blank check to the fleet. Shepard checking in with Tally is also just such a great moment for their relationship. He says it's usually a big deal for her. He knows how much the Quarians mean to her, and for her to immediately leave the world she's been dreaming of since she was born? She loves Shepard far more. 
We said it in her episode for Mass Effect 2 that her mask serves as a wall between her and the rest of society. Of course, she needs it to live, but it also prevents her from really living. She is forced to interact with the world and everyone in its sterile and unreal way, which is why her removing her mask to sleep with Shepard in the last game and now to look upon her new world is so huge. It's a huge risk, too. She is literally gambling with her life with every exposure. But it's worth it. To breathe Rannick's air, to feel Shepard's lips on hers, that is a much bigger deal to tally now than sacrificing for her people. Mm. And just like that, <laughs> we're hurtling towards the end of the game. But before we load up on antibiotics and spend the last night in the captain's quarters, it's time to take a mid-break to hear from sponsors, listen to some fun facts, and thank our patrons. Mid-break dance. On to the fun facts. This is probably one most listeners know. But if you romance Tally in the third game, you will get rewarded with a photo of her with her mask off. In the original version of the game, it was a very mildly edited photo of a seemingly random woman. Like legit Shutterstock. But Bioware updated it for the Legendary Edition. It's still pretty similar to how she looked in the original version, just a vaguely human woman with all white eyes and some interesting markings on her skin. But at least she's wearing her normal suit, so that way she's a little bit more recognizable. Yeah. I feel like it's 50-50 on the internet. A lot of places say it's a stock, like, shutterfly image, like you said. But the other half say that the original photo that was edited was a photo of a model named Hamasa Koestani, who is from Afghanistan, but moved to England when she was a kid, and she became the first Muslim beauty contestant to win the Miss England crown in 2005, which was super cool if that is who... I hope she was credited like for her photo. But also, yeah, why it can't her. it be both? Like... You could get a photo of her as a stock picture from somewhere, I guess. That's true. It could be. It could be. It could be both. I don't know. And something else that I don't know about, um, we talked about it in her first episode. Tally's accent. Her accent is interesting. Because the Korean accent just isn't something that was ever nailed down. <laughs> Tally's accent is vaguely Eastern European. But among the Koreans, there's also Iranian accents and received pronunciation English accents. So who knows what they're supposed to be? I feel like they got that down in Dragon Age where they've like their accents per country or per race, but really not in Mass Effect. Yeah, I was like, and then you throw Cal Rieger into the mix. and <laughs> Yeah, where did he grow up? <laughs> I mean, I suppose one explanation that I didn't think of until just now is the fact that they all live on their ships, like, and perhaps they all have their own accents. I think that, I mean, being an accent per ship kind of makes sense. Who knows? 
All right. Time to thank the patrons. Toasty and Apollo. Wynn and Mystheos. Bat Knight and Lizzie. Becky and Cloudy. Y'all are amazing. And I love you all. I don't know where the singing came from, but let's keep it in. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do that all the time. All right, Jen. Are you ready to link our Enviro suits? Mm. Ooh. We can link our Enviro suits for as long as you want. It's going to take a few more hours for the fleet to mobilize. I hate the waiting. I've been trying to find ways to pass the time. Come up with anything good? I thought maybe you could use some company tonight. Will you stay here with me? Until the call comes? For as long as you want. You ask me each week if I'm ready to do my breakdown. And I think once when I legit needed to get water. And then a few weeks ago with Ashley and me wanting to play another clip before the breakdown. I have never hesitated. Honey, I am always ready to talk about physical interaction. But what in the actual fuck am I supposed to do with this scene? I thought us Shikarians got screwed with no alien sex for you. But oh, you Tallymancers got it so much worse. I am so sorry that your scene fades to black after five lines of dialogue. And before things even get started, at least we got a fade to black mid-kiss. I throw my hands up in the universal... I don't know what to do. And I'll just look at fan art to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Thank the gods for fan art. I mean, there's just not anything to talk about. I think I've made it clear so far that I love Tally's romance. I think they make a really great battle couple. I'm bummed that their scene was practically non-existent. Like, it's just not fair. Especially considering how late in the game she comes um, into your Normandy crew again. The only potential critique I could have for the relationship is just the age difference between Tally and Shepard. It's not much, but Tally being on her pilgrimage when you first meet her tells us just how young she really was. She even refers to herself as a kid in an audio clip we'll play in just a minute. But Tally isn't naive. She's gentle. Shepard isn't ever pushing her or testing her boundaries, anything shady like that. And the relationship develops at her pace and at her prompting. I think it's a really great illustration of how to love in an encouraging and supportive way. Mass Effect confession time. I didn't like Tally in 1 and 2. I didn't get her. I was in my 30s the first time I played this game. So my thought process was a lot different. A kid on her maturity pilgrimage? A soft and gentle soul to protect? That's baby territory. Like the same way I feel about Grunt. You are my child to protect. Not the hot 19-year-old right out of high school I want to bang. But then, 
I see this woman who has grown into her new skin. Like literally, her armor and sashes change over the games, representing her acceptance culturally as a woman and no longer a child. And now I see it. Now I understand that Shep's personality isn't going to overpower her, but help her to be the best version of herself. It just took me three games to see it. And now, of course, we have once again arrived in London, and we are at the forward operating base, saying our final goodbyes to our team before we make the push to the beam. Shepard won't be quoting poetry at Tally, but what he says is poignant enough. It is communication where they don't need to specifically say anything to perfectly understand each other. Almost time for the final push. Are you okay? I thought I'd be asking you that question. Shepard, I backed you when I was just a kid on her pilgrimage. I backed you when the Normandy was a Cerberus ship. Wherever you go, I'm with you. And you haven't answered my question. Are you okay? You remember how you felt when you landed on Rannoch? Now imagine it's not a story passed down by your people. Imagine you were there just a few months ago. And now you're seeing it like this. We need to put it right. We will. Do you remember what we said on Rannoch? Just before you took down that Reaper? You said, I love you. And you said, Kila Salai. I want more time. I know. Whatever happens, I know. Ah, the emotion in her voice. It's really good. I mean, it's so good. Yeah, at this point, every companion knows what it means to fight for your homeworld. But that is something built into Tally's whole identity as a Quarian. I don't need to say anything about how dedicated Tally is to Shepard, because she summed it up perfectly. Wherever you go, I'm with you. In a lot of ways, the love Shepard has for her has allowed her to even think this, to be this individual. His love for her proves she is unique, singular, special, not just another quarian with the fleet, not just one part of a large whole, but one individual who is seen, loved, appreciated, and valued for her individual personality. The photo she gives him of her face without her mask is a permanent reminder of this, that he can see her for herself and not how everyone else sees her. Of course, the extended cut gives us the most heartbreaking goodbye out of every other romance option. When Tally is injured in the final push, and Shepard says a truly final goodbye to her as the Normandy evacuates, it is all the trauma. If you haven't cried yet, you will now. Here, take her. Shepard! You gotta get out of here. I can't stay behind. Don't argue with me, Tally. Don't leave me behind. I need you to make it out of here alive, Tally. Get back to Rannick. 
have a home. Come back to me. Go! The I have a home. You can hear her crying too. God damn it. It's so good. Like the extended cuts are so good. Damn it. <laughs> it's so well done. He is her home. It's incredibly sad. Tally just found her home, both on Rannoch and in Shepherd. And now she'll be forced to live as she has her whole life, only dreaming of a home. It's probably worse now because she actually knows what home felt like. Kila Salai takes on a whole new meaning after the Reapers are destroyed. By the homeland she hopes to see again one day. If only we got happily ever after. And that, lovely listeners, is where we would normally end our show. But tonight we have a special guest. A man I first met in October of 2021. Where we ended up talking about boob armor on a podcast together. <laughs> Someone who loves Mass Effect enough to DM me in a podcast to talk about Mass Effect even more. Please welcome back to the show, friend of the pod, Psych. Hi. Hi. Sorry <laughs> if I made you cry. Oh, nah. You know me. Takes, You're a big softy so too, so don't even. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, holy crap. Okay. One, I hope that there are no more technical difficulties tonight. <laughs> holy shit. I was gonna say, if it keeps doing this to me again, I might just peace out. And because I'm like, I don't want to, though. It better not do it again. I thought third time would be the charm. But I think it's happened five or six times now. So I'm like, if it does it again, I might chuck my laptop into a river. <laughs> I need to find a river, but... Welcome back, Psych. And I went back and I listened to the first time that you and I got to talk to each other. And that was all the way back on the Mass Effect Lorecast patron chat in October. Uh -huh. We yep. ended up talking about boob armor. And I'm like, what the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if I was there for that one or not. No, it's it was... just it was just Jen and, and me and Tom <laughs> and Sam. <laughs> it was a very well, short one. It's amazing. Oh, it was because uh, it was supposed to be, the patron chat was supposed oh. to be on Halloween or something like yes. that, so they did it in two weeks. Enough about yep. the past, let's talk about the future past? <laughs> days of future past, anybody? The days of future past. Uh, nice. Thank you. All right. We talked about your Mass Effect origin story and your love for Tally. All the way back on episode 16 of The Girls. Mm-hmm. It's been a hell of a ride since then, hasn't it? Ah, uh, yes, very much so. <laughs> a lot has changed. And we've discussed a lot of things about Tally today. Did you learn or hear anything new? What Vervada was saying about Tally's... Uh, what really both of you were saying about her growth uh, from basically kid kicked out you know and turned 18 to you know matured woman in in three years is impressive 
it was good to just be able to listen to these again. Like I had gone through like a YouTube recently and rewatched all of the romance scenes, but still listening to you guys doing it here, it was like, oh yeah, those feels. Yeah, it's different um, listening to dialogue, like the, the dialogue that you've played through a whole bunch of times rather than somebody else taking those words and then putting them in our own voices and our own layout of the game. And it, it, it hits differently than listening mm-hmm. to YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so are there any key factors that we missed, uh, things that would have brought more depth to this romance? Okay. So you guys, I feel like you you came right up on the line, but something that I feel like is integral to her character is that she's always the one left behind. So, or, or sacrificed for her whole team on Haystrom, uh, you know, plus or minus Cal. Her father you know <laughs> if you don't do it right the Korean race but and now at the end Shepard someone's always seeming to give their life for her and that's I feel like I feel like it's really powerful right there you know on the Normandy where she's begging him to stay it's like she she can't have one more person sack themselves for her especially Shepard yeah, I guess the Quarians really are all about sacrifice when it comes down to it. It's like you mm-hmm. sacrifice for the betterment of your people. Now, everybody on Haystrom was willing to do whatever it takes to keep Tally alive because Tally was the thing to protect in that yes. moment. Um, so that that's a really good point is that... Uh, we could have talked about more about how everybody's willing to sacrifice everything for everybody, but and it, what it didn't feel selfish to me. No, for yeah. Tally wanting to keep it to herself. To... But no, of course not. Especially, especially when you lose so many people close to you like that, it, it finally just becomes like a a point of this is the line I refuse to cross, and then you're going to cross that for me. And it's yeah, it's an very indicative of the the Korean culture overall. Of like, what kind of what kind of atmosphere, cultural atmosphere, would it be that everything has to be about your survival to see tomorrow? Making sure the ship is working correctly, making sure the resources for your crew are doled out appropriately. Like, what kind of art gets made in that? What kind of personal relationships get made in that? How many marriages are made to better a ship's survivability rather than maybe you love someone else? That gets into the real depth of, I feel like, the Korean culture overall, but keeping it to tally, sorry. Well, no, and that also brings up a very, would arranged marriages be the most likely scenario for them? Or do you really have time to find a love connection? And so maybe Tally getting the love connection is is another really good thing for her. Exactly. And then as for things that would have brought more depth to this romance, it's that's not, a, I feel like this question's in for you. It's for Bioware. I was you know, talking in chat with everyone and like the scenes where, uh, where she takes off the mask, right? I remember playing that that first time 
when Mass Effect 3 like dropped. I'm on my Xbox controller and I'm like, holy crap, she's reaching up, she's taking the mask off. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, yes, okay. Why is the camera panning out? Why are we fading to blood? Ah, come on. That was cheap. But fine. Maybe they're saving it for the romance scene, right? Because I was I because my first playthrough of three was a tally romance. So we get up to the romance conversation. And then nothing, right? And it's like, you're killing it. You're killing me here, Bioware. Seeing Tally, I feel like, I mean, overall, we've just brought more depth to the game. But for the romance specifically, would have been amazing. Um, I would have liked a little bit more physical connection as well for that whole accumulation scene than what was presented it's like of the available options outside of shepherd waking up alone it's probably the like bottom tier of romance cumulation scenes for mass effect 3 and this is one that i have an issue with is that the the cortez scene and the tally mm. scene are exactly the same I oh i see i didn't know that. i don't even think that there's any dialogue change it's a, you know, will you stay with me until the call comes? Wow. And I then, did not know that. I'm not Romance Cortez, so. Yeah. Huh. Man, I feel like that, that cheapens it even more. I mean, geez. That's, I mean, I get it. They had a, they were having a space problem. You, you know, it's widely documented. Shepard couldn't even literally put away their sidearm, right? But still. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that to me would have it. It would have brought more depth. Just being able to see Tally, that you know, because remember, you got that first picture. I sat with that first picture for ten years mm. before we got Legendary. Yeah, yeah, that one was pretty bad. Now, yeah. Oh, I had a question pop. Oh, right. I was gonna say that. With the whole physical connection with Tally, when Liara and Tally are on the scene on, not the Juggernaut, the Dreadnought. <laughs> um, juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> you know what, bitch? <laughs> on the Juggernaut. And when they are on that scene, Ta uh, Liara will talk about all the new suit upgrades that Tally got in order to enhance the physical connection between Tally and Shepard. Why can't we see this connection? Let it happen. <laughs> right? Put it canonically into the game. Let us see that. Nothing. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, I think it's one of the reasons I, uh, I built up like a lot of like extra stuff later. Just like, okay, well. So I guess that actually kind of, answers the the last question that we have here is is there anything about this romance that you would change or anything that would have made it better and uh, i'm yeah. hearing definitely physical connection and show me her face <laughs> yeah yeah like uh it was a missed opportunity to, of just of not just the tally romance but just giving us the quarians overall right mm -hmm. just being able to put put a a real face to the to the to the people would have just given them more depth overall and 
I, I feel like this is a uh, like a broader Mass Effect thing, but I find it really hard to believe that a te- a uh, such an advanced technological galactic thing that has existed longer than we've had stone implements doesn't have a Wikipedia that doesn't have images of everything that's been stored for the last 3000 years. So what do you mean? We don't know what quarians look like. What do you mean? We don't know what the Volus look like. Like, come on. You mean to tell me there's not an only fans for Volus out there somewhere? Like, um, I mean, the fact that Asari fetish sites are canon, there's got mm-hmm. to be other other species on there as well. I, and and so- like, I get it. Humanity's the new kid on the block. We've only been in the galactic scene for 30-odd years, right? Mm-hmm. So to us, the human race, we don't know what the Corians look like. But you mean to tell me the intergalactic google equivalent can't tell me what quarians look like or turians outside of their armor or any other number of things like it's just one of those it's one of those areas that's just it's kind of skipped over because it doesn't impact the game overall it doesn't impact shepherd overall it's a it's it's a depth issue rather than a necessary for the run and gun you know parts and you know there's also the fact that javik was there when they weren't suited he would know uh uh-huh. well i mean well yeah i don't know that one's a little bit iffy it all depends on like how galactically close everybody was at that time because obviously the Koreans weren't spacefaring yet and Anyways, I mean, he note he notes about them like you you are a beautiful people and you were you've decided to be incredibly stupid and you've deserved everything that's happened to you. It's one of the many reasons why if I didn't have to wake him up, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> like they really Do make you, have you to wake up, Javik. Uh, I mean, not really, since he's a day one DLC. So technically, you don't have to wake him up, but I'm a. Per- I'm a completionist, so my ass wakes him up. <laughs> Valid. All right. Oh yeah, that's that's it. Uh, just more depth, and that's what I'm really hoping for on this next one. You know, mm-hmm. is I mean more depth for everybody, but it's, uh, really, of course, about the Korean race. We we deserve to see some more. Well, yeah, and I mean the way that it leads. If you if you unite the Geth and the Corian, Tally says that within a few years the Corians mm-hmm. could be living outside of their suits. And if we if what we believe the next Mass Effect game is going to be like, is that it's going to be a few years, a mi- <clears throat> minimum a few years after the invasion. And so mm-hmm. we could see unsuited Quarians. I yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to hit you with a question since you guys have now done you guys have already done Garrison. I did listen to that, which was of course amazing for from you guys. I I probably will find myself in the minority, but where do you guys stand on Tally and Garris? Oh. I like it. 
you know, I, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, there's obviously the side of me that is like, I'm sorry, get off my man. And I'm sure that there's a part of you that is like, get your hands, get your mandibles off my woman. But <laughs> there are, there are definitely playthroughs where I can't romance Garrus. And so therefore I'm not, and I'm not, and I have, I haven't done an actual tally romance yet. Um, mm. Uh, so I, I, I'm okay with it. I feel like they have a really cute little banter and repertoire and the fact that they have all the same amount of time of history, actually even more time together than you do with Shepard because mm -hmm. Shepard was gone for two years. Garrus and Tally were probably hanging out together during that time. At least some of us somewhere. Or at least uh, yeah. late night Discord chats. You know. <laughs> exactly. They were hanging out in VCs together. I, as much as I love her, I do find myself preferring her to end up with Garrus. Mm. I feel like, especially because of all the ending stuff with Shepard, Garrus provides her sort of the same thing Shepard does, but is actually able to be there with her and provide her a home in the end. Versus Shepard only lives maybe if whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm also seeing here in chat that V says Tally has that Turian kink from her favorite movie. And Garrus just needs to work out some stress with a good friend. So. <laughs> um, I'm fairly certain Tally's the one who says that she's only using him for his body. So maybe that is her line. So <laughs> you're so mean to me, but I'm okay with that. I, uh, I do. I just, I, I like the banter. I like the organic way it happens. It's not something that just seems to come out of nowhere, even though you do walk in on it and it's like, oh, that's a thing that's happening. But then you look back and you go, okay, yeah, I can, I can see how that came about. Like it doesn't just happen. Right. So they are very I like that in a couple of the other, in, not episodes, in a couple other of the games and moments, they are pretty damn flirty. In fact, I think I remember a very flirtatious line between the two of them even after i had locked in my garris romance and i mm -hmm. was like wait a minute what i'm sorry you just said what to her over the intercom <laughs> i think that before any other tech goblins decide uh -huh. to ravage us <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh we should wrap it up for the night i know that you do amazing podcasts i listen i'm i was actually listening to the most recent blue shift episode earlier today i think i'm about halfway through so oh, yeah please yeah. tell us all about it and how you got garris to come with you on to your citadel mission right now i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, uh, our uh, request for Garrus to be a part of our strike team was approved. So, and, and I have it, I had set it up where Garrus, it's his, it was the Paragon route for Garrus. So he went back to CSEC after the events of Mass Effect 1, mm -hmm. after Shepard's death. 
And so we're playing in that time period between one and two. And so he's there. And I was just like, hey, can we get him? <laughs> so, yeah, we have we have a stand in Garrus uh, and he's he's doing very well. So, but all of this can be found out on the Mass Effect Blue Shift podcast. It's a tabletop RPG where we play Citadel security agents solving crime on the Citadel. Our latest episode is all about a raid on a mafia-esque type group. And we're having a lot of fun. And for episodes drop on the first Friday of the month. So stay tuned for next next month. And then one that drops weekly is the MCU Lorecast that I do with Captain Shanko. And we've just gotten through the really bad X-Men movies. Like Monday will be our Dark Phoenix drop. So if everyone wants to know just how badly I hated that one, you're more than welcome to tune in on that. And yeah, that's that is what I do. Dark Phoenix <laughs> will be interesting. I actually think that might be one of the ones that I haven't watched. And I don't wow. recommend so it. interesting <laughs> to hear you review it. Mm. I mean, to sum it up, if I didn't have to for this show, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. All right. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. If you, if you want to hear more from me, you can find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-hosty Toasty where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. And of course, in our Two Girls, One Chip channel on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also find Psych on the Robots Radio Discord, and each one of his shows uh, has its own channel on there as well, so you can come follow all of us. Make sure that you also follow on all the social medias, and by heading over to patreon.com slash two girls one ship. V is also on the Robots Radio Discord, our, on our own two girls one ship Discord server, where we nerd out on all of our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live stream on Twitch on Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Our podcast release each Monday because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening, and remember that beauty is in the eye of the controller. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.